Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications Connect to more. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Troy Anderson has yet another All-American honor, while Trace Tinkle and Tyler Hall have another shot at the NBA. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. Anderson, a strapping six foot four, two hundred and forty-five pound senior from Dillon, was one of seven players from the Big Sky Conference who earned preseason first-team All-America honors for the Montana State Bobcats. The do-everything talent was a first-team All-Big Sky pick in 2019, a year after earning unanimous first-team All-League honors offensively after quarterbacking MSU to its first of two straight FCS playoffs appearances. Anderson was the only Big Sky player with Montana roots to earn a spot on the first team, but the Montana Grizzlies led all Big Sky teams with five of the 23 overall selections to the stats performed preseason list. Senior wide receiver Sammy Akim and senior linebacker Jace Lewis earned second team recognition. Junior returner Malik Flowers and senior long snapper Matt O'Donohue earned third team honors. Tinkle, a former Missoula Hellgate star who went on to set Oregon State's career scoring record, has been added to the NBA Summer League roster for the Los Angeles Lakers. Tyler Hall, the all-time leading scorer in Montana State and Big Sky Conference history, has also been added to the Summer League roster. Hall for the New York Knicks. And finally, Missoula's Kylie Esch fired a final round 2-under-70 at Meadowlark Country Club in Great Falls to outlast Bozeman's Cameron Basie in the Montana Women's State Amateur Golf Championship over the weekend. Esch currently golfs at Montana. Now, while this is a fitting song to play in uh, one of the experts in all of FCS football, we're not necessarily pairing our good friend Craig Haley with Guns N' Roses quite yet, unless he wants to be. But Guns N' Roses coming to Missoula, Montana Friday. Not this Friday, but next Friday, August 13th. We'll be having a big pre-party down there at the Chamber of Commerce parking lot here in Missoula. So come hang out with us at Missoula Broadcasting Company. Jack FM will be giving away a pair of tickets, and then I will be broadcasting Nuanas now live from the Chamber of Commerce parking lot from 4 to 6 p.m. next Friday, August 13th. So come hang out with us for your chance to win a pair of tickets to Guns N' Roses. Before we get to Craig Haley from FCS uh, Stats Perform, got to ask Rainey just one quick question. You heard there in the Sports Center, Rainey, I know you followed uh, the women's golf team at Montana, but also Kylie Esch as a prep athlete here uh, in the city of Missoula for a while. So just a brief thought, because she has gone through a tremendous amount. You had an outstanding feature on her and a couple of her other teammates at Montana that have all gone through similar tragedies, whether it was from uh, death or illness or both. 
And uh, so for Kylie Esch to come all the way back and win the Montana State Women's Amateur Championship this last weekend, pretty full circle and a pretty cool story. Yeah, it is. And Kylie's kind of you know, battled through her stuff. Um, seems to be just, uh, you know, completely on the on the up and up. The thing about, you know, whenever you get, you know, cancer, that kind of a diagnosis is like you just have to have check-ins all the time and you never know when it might when it might come back. And you battle through that adversity. And I think that she really got a lot stronger because of, you know, what she went through. Um, and golf was taken away from her for a little bit. And um, I think... You know, whenever you go through something like that and you get the one thing that you're so passionate about taken away from you, and especially kind of when it's wrapped up a little bit in your identity, and then sure. you can learn that, well, one, it's not just who you are. Sure. But you also get an appreciation for being able to do it. And then when you're out there, you just gain, you know, you, you never take anything for granted. It all sounds like cliche and corny, but... I think it is true. It's 100% true. So congratulations to Kylie Esch, the Esch family, Joey Esch, her father's a good friend of this show and a great advocate for golf among the youth of, uh, of our communities here in Western Montana. Time now for our ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Here on Nuanas Now, we do this each Wednesday during the 5 o'clock hour. We are happy now to welcome in a good friend of this show and an expert when it comes to FCS football across the United States of America. He's Craig Haley. Craig, thanks so much for joining us. How's it going, man? Craig, do we have you? Yes. Oh, yes. there you are. I, I lost you for a second. <laughs> no, <but yes. laughs> it's all good. Well, how, how are things? Because I know that uh, pretty much everybody that works in, uh, in our line of work, very excited for this upcoming fall. So how's things going with you? And uh, what are you most excited about with the return of football across the FCS here in less than a month? I, you, you know as well as I. I mean, these teams are just loaded with talent. I mean, if you played in the spring, you're, you're – more than likely playing this fall. I mean, you know, fifth-year seniors, sixth-year seniors. I mean, it's just they're veteran teams. So, and the top ten teams are just phenomenal. So, I just think it's going to be a fun year, especially because of the talent level. A lot to get to because um, you guys have been putting out a ton of content, uh, including the Walter Payton Award watch list, the uh, preseason All-Americans earlier this week as well. And I'm sure a poll is coming right around the corner, too. So uh, let's start with today's news. The Walter Payton Award watch list comes out. And there's four players from the Big Sky Conference on the list. Sammy Akim from Montana, along with Elijah Dotson from Sacramento State, Josh Davis from Weber State, and probably the headliner, a guy we just heard from on this show about half an hour ago, Eric Berrier from Eastern Washington. So, Craig, just tell us about the Big Sky guys on this list, but also sort of the process that it goes to make this list, because I think that uh, you put a lot of thought into this, and there's a lot of different guys that are very worthy from a lot of different conferences around the country. It's it's an exclusive list. I mean, because you really want the best of the best, but because there's so much talent, returning that we actually went a little bit uh, larger list than than normal going into the year it'll grow throughout the year because we recognize you know players are going to have you know tremendous years that that maybe aren't coming off the kind of year that an Eric Berry is coming off of so it'll grow but you know we went a little larger um yeah the talent is great I mean it's, it's a it's a particularly good year for running backs at the same time like I believe it's 15 out of 16 or 16 out of the last 17 years. It's it's been a quarterback winning. You know, Cole Cole Kelly from southeastern Louisiana is the uh, you know the Peyton winner from the spring. But it, it's a great list. I mean, the Big Sky talent is off the charts. I mean, Eric Barrier is is as you know prime a candidate as anybody. I mean, he's had a terrific career. I mean, you, you know, you have the the terrific running backs in the, the the Big Sky. I mean, we we actually had to leave off some that are that are probably worthy of the list in, in most years. But again, they can you know work their way on. You know, Sammy Akim is is just lights out. Um, you know, Montana is going to put up some points. So it, it's a great year. You know, obviously the quarterbacks are the favorites, but I mean, I, I do give the running box backs a chance here and. You know, Julius Chestnut was third from Sacred Heart and, and is, is legit. I mean, he put up a big game against Delaware in the playoffs. So, uh, it, it, you know, it can go any direction. But, I mean, there's just so much talent, as we mentioned. And and just so you know, tomorrow is the uh, Buck Buchanan Award Watch for, you know, for Defensive Player of the Year. So the big sky is going to be well represented there. No question. Craig Haley. Stats Perform joining us here on Nuanez Now. Sean Rainey in studio with me as well. The running back uh, – 
it, the running back position is stacked. It's particularly well, I'm I've been, I'm writing a story here, SkyOnSportsMT.com, next week about how stacked it is just in the Big Sky Conference because I think that there's five count them five guys that are of all American caliber talent, including Josh Davis and Eliza Dotson, who are both on this Walter Payton watch list. But Isaiah Fonse, I think Pound for Pound's the best guy in the league when he's healthy. He just has to stay healthy. I at Montana State. Um, I think that Alonzo Gilliam at UC Davis is as good as anybody in the country as well. And Marcus Knight, who's going to miss most, if not all, of this next season at Montana, he is one of the best touchdown scorers and one of the most efficient backs in the country as well. So uh, the the strength starts in the Big Sky, but it is across the country. I mean, like that kid from from uh, South Dakota State is his. Name is escaping me right now, but he is unbelievable talent, too. So I think you're right, Craig. The, the running backs are very stacked, so I'm not surprised to see them well represented here on this uh, Walter Payton Award watch list. Yes, and, and you're, I think you're talking about Pierre Strong. That's right, uh, exactly. Yeah, and, and they, they had a tremendous freshman as well last year, so <laughs> they're very deep at running back. But, yeah, no matter where you look, I mean, there, there are 25, I went back and looked, 25 different players that are back this year that have had at least one thousand yard season in, in their career and Josh Davis done twice at Weaver so uh, 25 excuse me is a phenomenal number of, of you know returning players with you know to have that many with just a thousand yard season and, you know uh, it's it's just going to be a fun year and I mean the big sky maybe maybe it's a little different from what everybody's used to I mean you know up and down the field with the passing but you know the running backs are so good as you mentioned Hey, Craig, Sean Rainey here. Good to hear from you again. I wanted to ask you about your thoughts on just the Big Sky Conference as a whole because I think a lot of fans out here pretty much think it's, you know, the Valley and the Big Sky as far as the two best conferences, but it also seems like sometimes the Big Sky might be deeper and have a handful of teams that make it, but sometimes struggle to kind of break through towards the end when it comes to the playoffs. Just, I don't know, maybe your overall thoughts on where the Big Sky has kind of ranked as a conference nationally in the last few years and where you see it maybe moving forward? It's a fascinating scenario this year, Sean. I mean, yeah, I think the Big Sky has taken it to another level, you know, because of, you know, two years ago when you had four teams earn playoff seeds for the first time in history. That says a lot about the conference. Now, I think, you know, the Big, the big Sky is behind the Missouri Valley overall, um, and the CAA used to be the dominant conference. You know, James Madison's on probably a higher level than, than any Big Sky program, that's for sure. So that keeps the CAA in the conversation. I think the interesting question with, with the Big Sky is three of those four teams that had seeds, you know, didn't play in, in, in the conference schedule this spring. And then when you add in that, you know, the team that did, you're, you know, the four-time champion, Weber State's fabulous. But at the same time, you know, they're coming off the season where they won a lot of close games in, in the big sky and then lost at home in, in the first round of the playoffs. To me, that creates a little pause about the big sky going into this year. Despite all that phenomenal talent, I just think those factors alone, you know, make you, you know, question, you know, okay, all right, maybe we, you know, the big sky has risen so much. Are we now getting to the point where, we have to recognize, you know, the CAA could get back into the picture as being the second best. So they're up there in the, in the big three. I mean, I, I think the AQ7, you know, the A-Sun and WAC, a great trio with Sam Houston, Central Arkansas, Jacksonville State, but I do put the Big Sky ahead of that conference. So it's either going to be two or three in my eyes as far as where the Big Sky ranks this year. Craig Haley, Stats Perform, joining us here on Nuanas Now. It's part of our ESPN Roundtable. Presented by Paradise Falls in Missoula. Paradise Falls serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I got a fun idea for you. Go to breakfast and watch the Olympics because a lot of the Olympic stuff that's on right now live is in the mornings. Go have yourself some coffee, bacon, and eggs, or go check out Paradise Falls almost every night of the week. They have an early and late happy hour. Open 7 a.m. to midnight, 3621 Brook Street, Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest hotspot. Craig, Let's talk about the spring season and the impact it could have both positively and negatively on this upcoming fall. Uh, about half the Big Sky Conference did play. I guess uh, eight out of the 13 did and five out of the 13 did not. What do you think of just the spring season as a whole in terms of impacting both the Big Sky Conference race and the national race as well? Well, I wouldn't want to see, you know, the entire FCS level not have a season. So, uh, you know, I, I think... 
most people wanted to play um, and, and, you know, give it a shot. Some In some schools you say it was a success. Some schools you say no. I, I'm from the belief that any amount of games in, in, in a school year is going to be better than none. So, for instance, I think Montana should feel a little better about going into this season having played the two spring non-conference games than, than a Montana State. I, you know, I think – there were so many factors, and the health and safety factors of the pandemic, you know, factor in the most in any decision. I think, you know, a situation like Montana, you do factor in the winter months being the main part of your schedule in your decision-making process. I feel you have to structure the offseason differently, and I think a lot of coaching staffs have, you know, pull back a little bit. You know, a lot of schools were done in April. You know, you have a Sam Houston, South Dakota State playing until May 16th, but that's also the exception, you know, getting to the championship game. So so some schools had an entire month more off than, than others. Um, I think you had to, you know, stagger, you know, change things last spring. I think going into the season, the spring season, Coaching staffs had to have a different plan because there's going to be so much physical, you know, taxing of the bodies throughout the year. I think, yes, it was good they played the year. I just think you have to be careful and, you know, really restructure how you're doing everything just to keep everybody, you know, from, from you know, the higher chance of injury this, you know, throughout the year. Craig, do you think with some of the new transfer rules – NIL, like just the, the college landscape changing in general, how do you think that impacts the FCS? And will, will we be even able to notice any difference in five, ten years, or is it just going to be, you know, cases here and there, and it really won't be a big deal? Well, I do think the transferring was out of control in, in 2020 as far as so many top players left to go to FBS programs, and and in many cases, those FCS schools weren't playing in the fall. So I think it's been a little better this year. Yeah, there's still players making transfers, and, and you also have the, you know, the one-year exemption that, that'll eventually have an impact, but, it, you know, it's going to have an impact everywhere, players' move, movement. So I, I think it's kind of stabilized a little bit. It's not quite as bad as, as last off season, where everybody was like, wow, I can't believe this person's leaving, that person's leaving. Um, you know, the image and likeness, I, I do think, hey, you know, it's, it's great for the athletes taking, being able to take control. I, mean, I, I think it'll be successful for, for, for some uh, you know, on a level like the FCS, it's going to be a bigger deal in the FBS. But everything's that way, you know, in college football. The, you know, the F- FBS is just more do- in the dominant national picture. And, you know, it, you know, there's there's no way players on the FCS level are going to benefit as much as the ones on the FBS. But there's going to be positive cases, and, and you know, w- w- with this the NIL, that, you know, I, I think, you know, it's a swirling landscape, that's for sure. Every day there seems to be a news story about what's changing in, in college football and in college athletics. So, I, I, you know, that, that can disillusion some people in my eyes because it's, it's, a, it's a lot of change all at once. And then you factor in, you know, conference realignment, and, and there's just, you know, there's no loyalty anymore when schools – that we're in a conference for 50 years or 100 years are just leaving. And it's, you know, it's just a lot of swirling, you know, landscape out there. Well, one pair of teams that are probably not going anywhere, at least in terms of their attachment to each other, reside right here (laughs) in the state of Montana, Montana and Montana State. And so, Craig, we must ask you about the two schools in the state that we live in, the state we cover. Uh, It's Craig Haley, by the way, ESPN Roundtable, joining us here on Nuanez Now. Craig, a a top-level analyst for Stats Perform here at the FCS level. Again, it's been covering FCS football on the national scale for as long as anybody. Uh, First of all, let's start right here in Missoula, Montana, Craig. The Montana Grizzlies have... um, pretty rapidly improved their program uh, since Bobby Houck took over. And I know that Bobby Houck was not pleased with the cancellation of the 2020 season. And uh, I know that the Grizzlies were chomping at the bit in the two games that they did play during the spring season. Uh, but and there's a lot of ways I think that this uh, time off could have been beneficial for Montana, for Houck to get his systems in, his culture, as well as 
the weight room stuff that they do because they are some of the best in the league at that. The Grizzlies always, uh, especially when Bobby Houck's been the coach, excellent in the strength training regimen. And just seeing some of those guys right out the gates here uh, coming into the fall, it looks like their bodies have changed and they should be healthy and deep. Uh, but your opinion on the Montana Grizzlies as we enter 2021? They're going to have a tremendous year. Um, I think, you know, they're, they, they're putting pressure on, on themselves at the same time because they're, they're, you know, they're saying that they're fully back, and hopefully they are. I mean, they're, they're the New York Yankees of, of FCS college football. I mean, they're the, they're the ones that, you know, everybody has looked to for a long time. But I, I just think, you know, they have to get over the hump of beating Montana State, you know, going deeper in the playoffs. And, and you know, they did a great job, you know, in 2019, but they do need to take that next step if they're going to be saying that they're at that level again. And, and I, I do think, you know, the, the loss of Marcus Knight is big. Um, obviously, you know, change of wide receiver. Uh, Cam Humphrey should step in, I, I would think. But, you know, I, I think they're going to have a great year. Um, they benefit from getting, you know, Montana State at home, Sac State at home. You know, they don't play Weber. Um, do they play Weber? I'm they forgetting. do not play Weber. Montana State yes, does okay. play Weber. Montana does not. Okay. Montana does play okay. at Eastern, though. That would be a big game as well. Yes. So I think their talent is great. I mean, they're obviously going to be better in the trenches on both sides. You know, Jace Lewis and Robbie Halk are tackle machines. Uh, you know, I I, I like when they play an FBS program, and so it's fun that they're starting out with one in Washington. But I, I, I think they're going to have a great year. I just think they're putting pressure on themselves by talking, you know. And it's you know it comes a little bit from from Coach Houck's persona, and and also the fans, you know, being so rabid. With, with I just think they have to show that on the field now if they're going to be saying they're at that level. Craig Haley, FCS stats perform. Joining us here on Nuanas Now, it's our ESPN Roundtable. And, Craig, uh, I know that w- the the one guy who was from Montana on the first-team All-American list, the preseason All-American list that came out earlier this week, Troy Anderson. And I know that uh, he's a guy that has caught your eye uh, from the very first moment he stepped on campus. And I know that of all of the national outlets and the All-American teams, he has consistently appeared on your first team, regardless of which position he's played. So I know you have a lot of respect for Troy Anderson and what he brings to the table. Uh, so just give us your breakdown, because I know he was sort of a co-preseason All-Big Sky guy, but he was uh, a, a alone as a preseason All-American on your list. Well, he used to make it easy for us, Coulter, because we could put him at, at an all-purpose position because he did so much on, um, you know, now he's focused a little more on defense. And, and the linebackers are so great in, in, in the big sky this year. But he, he you know, he deserves it. I mean, I, I, I think he should be, you know, gaining a lot of attention for the next level. I mean, he's got good size and, and just, uh, you know, high IQ and, and just, you know, does everything right out there. I hope he's fully back from from injury. Uh, Troy's just, you know, a, a fabulous representative of the FCS level. And, uh, you know, I think they're going to have, a, you know, an excellent season uh, with him, you know, kind of leading the way in the leadership category. I mean, when you're, when, when you're a former quarterback, you know, now the defensive leader, I, I just think they, they, they should rally around him and, and he'll respond in a big way. Craig Haley joining us here on Nuanas Now ESPN Roundtable. Craig, there's, I mean, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people that are listening to this um, right now. And they're all just hanging on to every word that you are saying about the big sky. So give us a bold statement. What, what's going to be the headline after this interview that you're going to give us about the big sky conference this year? <laughs> well, I, I think uh, I still put Weber State, the team to beat. Um, I, I, I still rank Montana State ahead of Montana, uh, but Montana has that really difficult conference schedule uh, as far as going on the road with, with you know with all the other big boys, Montana, you know Eastern, uh, Weber State. Uh, that's my pecking order: Weber one, Montana State two, Montana three. Which the fans, uh, the Grizz fans, probably don't want to hear that, but I just think they have to get over that hump. Four in a row is a lot for for the Bobcats to hang, you know, hang their hat on. So, uh, but I think it's going to be a fun year. Um, I think you know Sac State. I think they could be better than, you know, they've they're kind of a forgotten team because you have these three, and then you have Eastern, you know, had played, and yet Eric Beria. I think Sac State's 
a forgotten team in this mix. So I, I think they're going to be in it, too. Okay, so Sac State wins a conference. That's what, that's what we're going with. Okay, good. We got something. Well, Craig, we'll get you out of here on this. We asked you about Troy Anderson, but we have to get your overall take on Montana State as well because uh, you have them ahead of Montana. So do I. I had Montana State actually atop my Big Sky Conference poll, then Weber, then Montana. I think both have opportunities. All three have opportunities to be top five teams. I think they are top five teams. Uh, but I think Montana State's track record to this point, combined with their returning talent, particularly on the offensive and defensive lines, uh, I think they have the best offensive line in the league. I think they have one of the best front sevens in the league. I think they have the best run game in the league. And I think all those things are formula uh, for some championship. Uh, it, it's, it's at least part of a championship formula. Uh, so just your thoughts on Montana State and why you have them there number two in the Big Sky Conference. Wow, you, you, you kind of said it all there. <laughs> they do have a lot. I mean, I think Coach Vegan, he inherited a lot. You know, he, he knows how to win in a big way. I mean, so I, I think he'll step in and do fine. I think the whole quarterback scenario is, uh, you know, going to be important because no matter which way you go, you, you're going to have a team where some players are going to think, well, that's not the right choice between, you know, Rovig and McVeigh or vice versa. So I, I think that has to – it's only going to be settled if one of them takes control and does well from the start. Otherwise, that kind of hangs over the team because it's not too often where you come off the semifinals and your incumbent quarterback is facing – you know, a transfer who's the clubhouse leader, you know, according to Coach Vegan after, after spring practice. So that, that has to settle itself pretty quickly. But, I mean, I, I certainly I agree they can make another really deep run, you know, in the playoffs. It will be a fun time to be sure, and I'm sure we'll have this guy back on the show throughout the season. Craig, thanks so much for your time. Craig Haley, FCS Stats Perform, joining us here on Nuanas Now. It's the ESPN Roundtable. Craig, be well, my friend. Good luck this fall, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Hey, enjoy it, fellas. I might have to, have to come out early because if Guns N' Roses are going to be on town, uh, that that's the place to be in August, not just in the fall. So <laughs> No question. Enjoy. Thanks so much, Craig. <laughs> All right, thank you, gentlemen. Nuwana is now 102.9 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television, ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. Paradise Falls is a great place to go place your sports bets. There's betting on the Olympics. I don't actually know how I feel about this, but I'm over being morally convic- conflicted because, uh, as my friend Sean Rainey taught me, if you do it in a responsible way, sports gambling is really fun. And you don't have to, like, bet the house. You can just bet a couple bucks here or there, and then it's fun to just watch baseball or NBA games. If you're going to be at a place like Paradise Falls, just put a $5 bill in the machine. Make a couple bets. You'll have a fun time. They have a sports bet Montana kiosk there at Paradise Falls. They also serve breakfast, lunch, dinner, and multiple happy hours. Go check them out on the south side of town, 3621 Brook Street, Paradise Falls, the proud presenter of the ESPN Roundtable. NFL, conference realignment, NBA free agency, everything in between. Sean Rainey here on Nuanas Now, back after this. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. an old school one from back in the maybe even TNT days. This is Nuanez Now. That's double N. Nuanez Now. 1029 ESPN Missoula. SWX Montana Television. Sean Rainey from SWX Montana. Joining me, Coulter Nuanez in studio. It's a Northwest Motorsports studio. Go check out Northwest Motorsports on the corner of Stevens and Mount. They boast the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. You can also visit online NW 
msrocks.com. All right, we're going to play dealer's choice here, Rain Man. Do you want to talk conference realignment and the suddenly gluttonous and obese SEC? Or would you like to talk NFL and uh, some storylines that are uh, sort of in the news today? Or would you want to talk NBA free agency? Let's go NFL. Okay. Co- conference realignment, I mean, I don't know. Cool. They're going to go for more money. Oklahoma had a pretty much given chance to get into the playoff almost every single year that they're good in the Big 12. Now they don't. Don't really know why you do that. Let's talk NFL. Okay. Uh, the conference realignment is going to have such a trickle-down effect uh, particularly on this level, because I think that there's going to be some some movement all across the board. But you're right. We've talked about this a lot already. Rajim Seabrook and I had a long conversation about it. Justin Angle and I had a long conversation about it. My brother Brooks and I had a long conversation about it. So we'll save that uh, as it sort of, sort of continues to um, manifest itself. By the way, if you didn't hear the news yesterday, Clemson and Florida State now potentially and likely go into the SEC as well. The first headline that popped up on ESPN.com today when I was researching some NFL stuff, Rainey, was Philip Rivers has not ruled out a potential return. Is this real? I thought Philip the dad was done. Hey, he's going to finish out the high school football season, and then he said he'd be available for late in the year. So I think what's going to happen is like if the Colts or like a team is uh, in contention late and for some reason they need a quarterback, he'd be open to doing it. And that's it. So the fact that Philip Rivers played for the Colts last year, and now the Colts have Carson Wentz, and Carson Wentz is having foot surgery and is out for at least six and maybe as many as 12 weeks, are those two things correlated? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. If, the issue is, like, I don't know if the Colts are going to be good enough if they don't have a quarterback for, you know, the beginning of their season. But if the Colts are in contention – and the say Carson Wentz gets hurt again or for whatever reason, like I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back there. It, it would be probably hard for him to go somewhere else, obviously, because he doesn't know the system or the coaches or, you know, it's kind of, you can't just step in and all of a sudden just take off, even if you're a veteran like him. Like you got to have some, you know, similarities with or, or familiarity with the, you know, the offensive coordinator or the coach or this or that. So I don't know. I could see it, but I don't think it happens. What is your evaluation overall of Wentz? Because you can say just the low-hanging fruit. He can't stay healthy. But I, I just I wonder if he's ever going to be back because he's going to be one of these guys where he's either going to have such a great sort of a renaissance story, a, a resurrection, so to speak, or we're going to continue to see him fall down and fail because he's so talented. His arm is so good that he's going to get another shot after this one if this one doesn't work out in Indianapolis. But do you do you believe he could ever get back to the level he was playing at when he was playing at an MVP level before his first of what has been now three straight injuries? No. I don't think he ever will get back to playing at that level. I think if he were to fit into like a, a really good scenario... Yeah. He could be a solid quarterback still. Well, isn't the scenario he has now in Indianapolis? Um, uh, they have decent skill so. players. They have a great offensive line. They have I guess, good I guess solid backs. is the wrong word. I think if he falls into a really good situation, okay. like if he were Give me one. the quarterback of the Niners right now, mm. like a team like that. I'd take him with the Vikings. Um, see, I don't know if the Vikings is good enough. I think he needs a, a good offensive mind that can help scheme up stuff and – fix some of his weaknesses because man the some of the throws like if you watch like I mean Brian Baldinger kind of like breaks down a lot of game film and stuff like that like some of the throws and some of the errors that he was making were like basic stuff like it was bad like seven yard slant in the dirt guys wide open holds onto the ball throws it away like there were things that are just like I don't know like if you can fix that so I I, I don't think he ever returns to being as good as he uh, once was, and I don't think he will ever be considered a top half of the league quarterback ever again. Wow. I, I can't disagree with you, honestly. Um, and that's also a statement of just how good the quarterbacks are in this league now. No, for sure. Like, the quarterbacks across the league. Like, when I did my quarterback rankings, like, last year, I remember so many people gave me flack for, like, not having, like, Ryan Tannehill in, like, my top ten. I was like... Dude, he's not. If you look around the league, like there's so many good quarterbacks, especially guys that are so talented that it's hard to. Like, Tannehill's good; he's solid, but 
And he's, he's probably more proven at this point than a guy like Kyler Murray, but how could you possibly rank Tannehill ahead of Carr? Or even Murray? like a guy like Derek Carr is like not <sighs> bad, but Tannehill's better than Derek Carr, though. Agreed. But like, but Derek Carr is like not terrible. He's not bad. Oh, he's, he's not bad. Like, but he's bottom bottom third of the league. No as question. Far as quarterbacks go because there's just so many good quarterbacks. No question. Sean Rainey, joining me, Colter Nuanas, SWX Montana Television, as well as ESPN Missoula, talking all things NFL. All right. So we'll go back and forth on this one. I want you to give me, just off the top of your head, you can pull up the standings from last season if you'd like, but give me just a couple teams just off the top of your head that you think are going to be better than they were a year ago because I think there's several teams that really underachieved uh, in, 20, uh, in 2020 and uh, have the talent and um, the opportunity to be a lot better in 2021. Mm. Okay, good question. Um, based off of, off of record, I'm going to say... I'm gonna let's just let's, I'm just gonna go through it real quick. Um, I think Buffalo will be similar. Yep. I think Miami will be similar. Okay. Maybe a little bit step forward. The Patriots will probably be a little bit better. I think uh, the Patriots are one of the four teams I wrote down. But I don't think they're gonna be that much better. Like I don't think because like there's a, always the team that's like goes from like last in the division to first. Yeah. Or makes they're the not playoffs. gonna do that. But the Patriots will win ten games because that's just what they do. Yeah, they'll be good. But I, I think like a team like Cincinnati. Like, I think the Bengals could go from, you know, fourth place to contending for a wild card. Sure. Like, I think they could be a team that will, like, could completely kind of turn around. They fixed their offensive line. Yeah, but I think Burrow's really good, and I think their weapons are, are good. And, Bur- Burrow is really good. Um, like, I think the Chargers are a team that can go from 7-9, and nine, yep. not a contender, to new coaching staff, second year of Herbert, to being, like, a top team in the AFC if everything goes right. I agree with that. I, I, I would they, that would have been my fifth team I wrote down. So here's the teams I wrote down. 49ers for, on, in the 49ers AFC. were my number two team. My, my number one team I think was going to be better is the Arizona Cardinals. My number two was the 49ers. Then, I hate to say it, but I got the Dallas Cowboys and then the New England Patriots. Why the Cardinals? Because I think that the Cardinals, if you truly dive into what they're doing, they're truly trying to build a college-style system. And it's on both sides of the ball. To play the take shots and just super fast-paced, pedal-to-the-metal style that they're trying to play with Kyler Murray at the helm offensively, you have to have a defense that's built for uh, big plays, takeaways, all that stuff. And they've incrementally continued to draft guys. They're, they're trying. It's not a traditional NFL defense at all. They're trying to put as many fast-hitting type guys on the field as they possibly can. I mean, that's why they signed – That's excuse me, that's why they drafted Isaiah Simmons. That's why they got Buda Baker, signing him to such a huge deal. Jalen Thompson. I mean, they have guys that fit the mold of sort of that uh, hybrid built-for-speed defense that pairs so well with the spread offense. And I also just think that Kyler Murray, if he takes another step, is one of the most unstoppable weapons in the league. I'm trying to look up what their record was last year. They were 8-8. Eight eight. See, I don't, I don't, I don't think they're much. I don't think they're much different than eight and eight. So I, I can't. I wouldn't be able to put the Cardinals that high because okay. I, I think like, I think they're probably within one or two wins of eight and eight. Either way, sure. So I, to me, I, I don't think that they're that much better. I think like the 49ers, obviously because of all the injuries yeah, yeah. that they had, can be much much better. Sure. I think. I get where you're going with the Cowboys, and they will obviously be better, but I don't think they're going to be... I still think they're going to be around 500-ish. Like, I think the Redskins... I like the or the Washington football team. Gosh, I, I can't yeah. stop doing it either. I think the Washington football team is going to win that division. I do, too. I think the Washington football team I think they're gonna be is quietly doing yeah. a great job. They just need to figure out some semblance of quarterback play, and maybe Fitzmagic can give them that. Who knows? But... Defensively, I think they actually have one of the best cores in good. the entire NFL. I mean, their their front four are as good as anybody in the league for sure, and their front seven is pretty darn solid. I mean, they're they're very good defensively. They have a defensive minded coach. They are well coached as a team. I agree. I think the Redskins did win that division last year, but with a seven and nine record, they could actually be an answer to this question too, because I think they could be a, a ten or eleven win team this year, right? I would agree. I, I like Washington. I think one of I think one of Minnesota or Chicago will be better than people think. I just don't Minnesota. know which one. Yeah. I well, mean, I, actually, there's I, a chance. I, it's hard like, to even say it, that. There's a chance if Fields takes over. 
That's the next thing. And ends up being really good, like that. He gives them some juice. I would, I would say Minnesota. Minnesota has a better coach, though. That's the thing. Chicago doesn't have that. Their whole, their whole thing is that people thought that what's his name was a good. I don't even know his name. That they thought he was a good coach after they sort of sprung the league by surprise with a unique offense and made the playoffs in his first year, but they haven't been anything since then. Well, and Minnesota got so many new defensive players last year that it took them a long time to kind of adjust. Like, they were so bad defensively in the first half of the year, and then they started to improve. So I think they're going to be much better defensively Um, because I I think the Packers might take a step back. You never know with all the drama and stuff like that. I also think there's just, you know, like – Miami, I think Miami could take a huge step forward if Tua takes a step forward. Because I think team-wise, like, they're pretty set. But I don't really believe in Tua all that much. Why is that? What will help you recapture? Because um, I'm one of the last guys hanging on to the rope. But I just, I, I can't forget how good he was before he got hurt. Well, one, he's a lot smaller in the NFL. Like, he looks yes. pretty small. Well, he is small. I know, but he just doesn't. Some guys are like. Like Russell Wilson isn't tall, but he looks, he looks big. He looks like he belongs. Sure, like Tua's like just looks kind of small. He does. He still, if he could get his back to full health, though, and he doesn't. He doesn't have. To me, he doesn't have like the explosiveness. Like Kyler Murray's small, but he's super. Like he's one of the most explosive players in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Like Tua's like small, doesn't really have the explosiveness, and he doesn't have a huge arm. Yeah. And I don't know. I just the way that he. I don't know. Sometimes you just watch guys, and you're like, "Ooh, he's got." He's got it. And, and like, I saw, I think, like, we saw those flashes from, like, Justin Herbert, right? You're just, like, some of the throws, some of the plays he makes, you're just, like, oh, man. Like, there's not a lot of people that can do that. Like, Tua just has a lot of limitations, I think, to his game. And I just am not sold on him yet. That could still change. But I, I like the rest of their roster, though, and the way that they're they're building. But that, that division's going to be... Going to be very interesting because Buffalo is obviously really good, but I, like you said, I think the Patriots are going to be better, and the Jets I think will be better with a new coach. Like they can't be any worse. Sure, and at least they have talent. And if Wilson ends up being good, like the Jets could improve. Like that's gonna be, that could be an interesting division. Well, it was the least interesting, the least interesting, excuse me, division in all of football <laughs> for, for a long time, for twenty years, yeah. because it was the Patriots, and that was it. Yeah. And so the fact that it isn't just the Patriots and everybody else, uh, pretty good. Nuan is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. Sean Rainey in studio with me. Coulter Nuanez, more NFL and NBA free agency right after this. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. ESPN Radio. Destination unknown as we pulling for some gas. Officially placed the poster reveals a smile from the back. Elephants and acrobats, lines next monkey. Bella speaks righteous, sister Cena says funky. How bizarre. How old were you, Tommy Evans, when this song came out? Oh, I don't know. When did this song come out? I'm probably about the year you were born. No, this is a late 90s song, I think. Let's let's find out right now. 1996, so I would have been three. (laughs) I was three. I love it. What is it? OMC, is that who sings this? Yeah. One Man Millionaire Club or something? That's what it stands for? Uh, The 90s. What a great time for just one-hit wonders. This song came out. It's the biggest song in America. One of the biggest songs on the globe for... A month, and I never heard of these guys again, ever. It was just, boom, summer song, cool, everybody's dancing. That was it. Never heard from these guys ever again. Fascinating. Nuana is now one-stop shop for all things music reviews with Tommy Evans, but also some sports talk as well. Sean Rainey joining me, Coulter Nuana, as you listen on 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as SWX Montana Television. Sean's from SWX Montana TV, by the way. All right, let's talk some uh, NBA, Sean. Uh, the... 
I, this was this was actually it made for good talk radio because I was so authentically embarrassed. But it was the most embarrassing moment of my brief uh, radio career. A confluence of events led me to be at Karis Park at the Best of Missoula Awards uh, on Thursday night, the night of the NBA draft. My brother happened to be on vacation up at Sealy Lake without his cell phone. He's usually the guy that alerts me to all the news if I'm not getting it on Twitter. I was not on my phone. I was hanging out with my friends. You know, it's a summer evening in Missoula. It doesn't get any better. Didn't monitor the NBA draft whatsoever. Next day, I'm doing the radio show with Rajim Seabrook. And he alerts me that Russell Westbrook has been traded to the Los Angeles Lakers. And I was authentically shocked because I had no clue that that had happened. So, embarrassing for me, but great radio because I was floored. I couldn't believe that that had happened. So, uh, I know you have a tweet from one uh, King LeBron James up on the Twitter machine. What say King James? Okay, so obviously the Lakers um, got a bunch of dudes. Um, a lot of them are older. So, they got like Trevor Ariza. Carmelo Anthony, Dwight yep. Howard, yep. Wayne yep. Ellington, Russell Westbrook. All, so I'm very I'm old when if you're talking like, you know, pro athlete age, 32. They sure. only have four dudes on their team, three right. dudes that are younger than me on their on their roster. So LeBron goes, keep talking about my squad, our uh, personal ages, the way he plays, he stays injured, we're past our time in this league, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Do me one favor, please, and I mean please. Keep that same narrative energy when it begins. That's all I ask. Hashtag thank you. So the least surprising and most affirming tweet I've heard from King James in, in a little while. I have always spouted this, and I think it's just a tried and true formula of LeBron's career. Guys that stuff the scoring column or win sixth man of the year awards or, you know, can can get hot in a game but have low basketball IQs or are not veterans that act like professionals do not work with LeBron James. Contavious Caldwell Pope, Montrez Harrell, um, Kyle Kuzma, those guys are all, all more talented right now in this iteration of their careers than Trevor Ariza and Dwight Howard and Wayne Ellington. There's no question about it. But the Lakers will be better with Trevor Ariza and Wayne Ellington and Dwight Howard because LeBron James trusts them, and that's all that matters. He does this every year. He gets rid. Of, he can't handle young guys that can't act mature, man. The way he was looking at Montrezl Harrell in the playoffs, you knew he was getting shipped out of town. I think that as long as you have a healthy LeBron and a healthy AD. You can move the other pieces around. Like, they can't all be garbage, obviously. Sure. But you can move the other pieces around. Like, you have yes. the, a third guy that's decent or good. Yes. And then the rest of them just can't be complete trash. And you can move those pieces around, and it won't matter. Like, well, as long as LeBron and AD are healthy. Right. And those guys being worse is actually better for LeBron and AD. You know what I mean? Trevor Reza is better with those guys than Kyle Kuzma, even though Kyle Kuzma is way better than Trevor Reza. Do you know what I'm saying? Because more touches for LeBron James and Anthony Davis is better for your team. Well, I think, Le and LeBron just will trust him more than exactly. Kuzma. Which exactly. Is, when Kuzma gets three pocket passes and he misses all three shots, now LeBron's making sure he gets benched. It'll be fascinating to watch as far as, though, like, as they go throughout the regular season and it's such a grind and they're all so old. Like, it'll be interesting to see what kind of energy that they have sure. throughout a whole year. But I also think that that's why, at least during the regular season, I think that's why... Russell Westbrook will actually like fit well because he is such a high motor energy guy yes. that he'll and he doesn't know any different. This so was like, this Le was my brother's take was that LeBron's just going to put it on cruise control from the beginning of the season. He's going to let Westbrook just go nuts. Yeah, when it's Tuesday night and a road trip, great, Russ, your turn, score forty. I don't care, and just save energy for the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. so like he can be the 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 max effort guy, and yeah. AD and LeBron don't have to be, and then. It'll obviously change. the The question is, though, like once you get into the playoffs, the dynamic of that and Westbrook not being a shooter, because usually, like LeBron needs shooters, especially and at the point guard position, he likes having shooters, and so that will be kind of interesting to see how that dynamic plays, you know, plays out, and if teams just like completely leave Westbrook open when LeBron has the ball. And just to kick it to him, so that'll be it'll be fascinating to watch. And I'm not a Russell Westbrook guy, so I'm going to be very curious on how, as I 
watch LeBron this next year because you know I obviously like LeBron and I want to enjoy him until you know before he retires. I'm gonna be I'm I'm just interested to see if my narrative of Russell Westbrook will change now that he's playing with him. It will be interesting. From Eastern Washington head football coach Aaron Best to EWU All-American quarterback Eric Berrier to Craig Haley from Stats Perform to my good buddy Sean Rainey. Thanks to everybody who joined us here today on Nuanas Now. If you want to find anything from today's show, you can find it on the podcast, which is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Sportsbet Montana. We also talked a fair amount of NBA and NFL. So, Rainy, we only got about a minute and a half left. We're just going to go rapid fire. We don't even need analysis. Okay. Just quick. These are yes or no and or buy or sell questions. So, yes or no. Kemba Walker, by the way, headed to the New York Knicks. Is Kemba Walker washed up? No, not washed, but not good. Just average. Victor Oladipo decides to stay with the Heat. If he can get back healthy, that'll be interesting. But the Heat also traded for Kyle Lowry. Buy or sell. Kyle Lowry is the new point guard for the Miami Heat. Old Depot and Lowry, love it. I do too. I think it's a great fit. The Atlanta Hawks were toying around with John Collins for a while, but then they gave Trey Young a Supermax for the rookie contract, a $200 million guy. He's the first guy to get the Supermax rookie of $209 million, Trey Young was. Then they subsequently signed his buddy, John Collins, by or sell John Collins, staying in Atlanta. Yeah. He needs to play with Trey Young. He's one of these guys that, like, the NBA has so many of these guys that are, like, they're fine. They're fine. And they get so much money. I don't understand it. Well, that's because there's so much money to be had. I mean, dude, these guys are making so much money. It's astronomical. Some of these contracts are silly, silly. And for, for, I mean, think about, like, Alex Caruso is going to go make $37 million. That used to be what guys, like, I'm trying to think of a good example. No, Evan Fournier is going to make, like, <laughs> million. double Caruso, and he's not even better. I know. It, that part is, is totally crazy as well. DeMar DeRozan to the Bulls? We'll see. Eh. I, I kind of like it as well. Move the needle all that much for me. Andre Drummond to the 76 I don't care. It's it's good to keep Joel <laughs> Embiid out of foul trouble. That's about all you need to know. For Sean Rainey, I'm Cole from Nuanas. It's Nuanas Now. We'll be back at it tomorrow at 4 p.m. I'll be in Bozeman. Special guests coming at you. We'll see you there. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.